sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Mitchell McDonald. We are going to be talking about 2017 in film. So, you know, it's March here. It's probably late March by the time you're hearing this. So we had a little time to catch up, more so for me, because I failed miserably at watching a bunch of movies in 2017. I probably spent more time catching up on things I just hadn't seen for whatever reason from, you know, years ago. But Mitchell, you are definitely a better movie watcher than I am. Well, I don't know. I d- dude, just blame just blame Movie Pass honestly for this year cuz um me and my girlfriend we got it like the day it came out cuz we would just go to movies a lot anyways but when we saw that we were like oh yeah we'll we'll hit this so we got it the day it came out um so we were lucky because right after that it kind of went viral and then it got delayed a lot so it took people a lot longer but we got ours pretty early so just the second half of the year I just saw so so much so many movies like I saw like only a handful from the first half but the second half is just just and fortunately like most of the good ones were the second half as it were so yeah it's been really fun i have a very long list of movies i was making my list it's 20 things and then i was like oh man i still left off a ton of really good ones too so (laughs) yeah it was it was a pretty good year i guess yeah so what i did with my list was i just looked at letterboxd and saw what i rated movies i was like okay anything that got a four and a half is going to be top three obviously and then i Mm -hmm. think everything else like four through ten on my list i gave four stars and there's still some four star movies that i left off the list because i was just like okay well a lot of these are kind of tied in my mind but for the Mm -hmm. sake of having a ranked list i was you know moving things around last minute because i watched call me by your name the day before we're recording this yeah so i'm just going to run down my top 10 here real quick and then you can run down your top 20 because like i said you saw way more movies than i did but for my top 10 i have get out as number one because i recently watched that and it was just fantastic and unlike pretty much every other movie i watched from 2017 and i will warn you guys before i get started on my number two pick here i do have a lot of superhero movies on here because that's just a lot of what i watch so two (laughs) is logan three is wonder woman four is Lady Bird. five is coco six is star wars the last jedi seven call me by your name eight spider-man homecoming nine guardians of the galaxy volume two and ten is the lego batman movie because that was just so entertaining i kind of bumped it up over a few other things there no it, it totally deserves to be there i loved that movie it was so good um i thought it was a really fun like par- straight up parody of like Batman and I actually think it's better than the current iteration of Batman. I won't argue with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I really won't. It was really weird to see a studio like having a super like gritty like old version of their character and then also making a movie that totally takes down that character at the exact same time. Like I don't know if you can have it both ways but man did I love Lego Batman. <laughs> Yeah, so go ahead and run down your list of 20, and then we're going to talk about the few movies that our top 10 lists have in common here. Great. So my number one is um, not exactly... 
I have to preface this. My number one is not exactly a movie, but it is a feature length ep- episode special of the television show, Nathan, for you. Um, the finale was called Finding Francis. It was kind of like a weird reality uh, documentary thing where they follow this uh, guy that they met on their show on this like weird odyssey to find his lost love. So that's my number one. Uh, number two is Lady Bird. Number three is Call Me By Your Name. Number four is Phantom Thread. Number five is The Shape of Water. Number six, The Big Sick. Number seven, Get Out. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Number nine, A Ghost Story. Number 10, Marjorie Prime. And then I'm going to go really quickly through my next 10 because I'm just more to shout them out. Um, 11, Coco. 12, Ketty. 13, Star Wars The Last Jedi. 14, The Post. 15, The Disaster Artist. 16, Columbus. 17, Dunkirk. 18, The Lego Batman Movie. 19, Baby Driver. And number 20, Ingrid Goes West. So quite a few of my top 10 ended up in your 11 through 20 list there. But the four (laughs) that we have in common in our top 10, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So... These four movies are all fairly different. So it's interesting that they all I four... would say they're pretty much the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, space movie, superhero movie, totally the same as Call Me By Your Name and Get Out and Lady Bird. Very, very close storylines there. <laughs> so it's safe to say that even though I had a ton of superhero movies on my list... That's still a good variety of what the two of us have in common. And I think typically you and I will feel roughly the same about a lot of movies, especially when it comes to the overload of superhero ones that we have. And I don't know if I necessarily want to call it an overload because I'm not really overwhelmed by it or tired of them just yet. Yeah, I I think that in the past couple of years, especially last year, um, I liked most of the superhero movies. Like, I wanted to put Logan and Thor Ragnarok uh, in my list because I thought those uh, Spider-Man was really fun, too. And I think what we're seeing is kind of there are, like, a ton of superhero movies out. There's one every couple of months or sometimes a bunch at the same time. But I think we're starting to see, like, a superhero movie isn't really a genre, per se. It's more of just, like, people are using superhero movies in order to make like like Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Homecoming were like straight up comedies like straight just like and Lego Batman too and then Logan is like an old kind of sci-fi western kind of deal going on and then something like uh Guardians of the Galaxy was just like a crazy colorful loud fun comedic space opera that also had like really good really great character arcs for every character in it and i think that that movie i actually liked it more than the first one i know a lot of people um like the first one more but i i watched the first one again and then i watched the second one and i was like oh the first one had a lot of like space sci-fi jargony dialogue that's like oh we got to save the corpulons from the florp orb and stop the (laughs) the evil sorcerer i don't know i thought it was a lot of that and then i thought the second one was a lot more grounded even though it was had a plot that was like a guy trying to fuck every race in existence (laughs) i thought it was really good so yeah i think that um we are inundated with superhero movies what with black panthers out right now and making all the money in the world and then again 
uh, Infinity War and then a bunch of other stuff this year. But I, I think that I, I'm fine with it. I think a lot of people like I think it's an easy target for people to hate on like all the superhero movies. And that's fair. Like if you don't like them, they're not your thing. But I think that they are they're they're not just like one thing that you're getting every couple months you're getting different things from different like voices even though they are coming from giant corporations you're getting like you can't say that like thor ragnarok and black panther are similar and you can't say that like logan and spider-man homecoming are the same there's no way yeah exactly and then you have wonder woman which was definitely more of a war movie and Mm -hmm. you really aren't getting the same thing with all of these movies and i think you know the the reason guardians made my list was because it was just so visually amazing too on top of having a good storyline and you know i think guardians is the one property that probably surprised people the most because these were a bunch of characters that aren't your staple characters in the marvel universe people don't know them and i think that's what marvel's done really well is they've taken these sort of b-list and c-list characters and turned them into these big giant properties for them to use in the films and you know even when they started with iron man people were kind of like who's Iron Man, you know, and they just kept building on that. And it allowed them to sort of extend their reach and do some of the weirder things that they've done with Guardians. And like you said, now with Black Panther, they've just hit a whole new audience with that. And it's making all the money. It just has just give it all the money. And you know, that's that's where it's at right now. Yeah, I guarantee you that no, not not maybe a tenth of the people going out to see Black Panther had heard of it before like a couple years before the movie was announced you know so but yeah I think that like visually Thor Ragnarok and uh and Guardians were both super fun and crazy just wild rides through space through cosmic marvel and they really do look like I, I was like reading about like the art and like direction of them they really do look like some of these old comic books that they were writing and like in the past, I know you're more familiar with comics than I am, so I shouldn't talk about it. But I know that they are creating like this aesthetic that is really that's really fun. Yeah. So the other three that we have in common in our top ten, you know, Ladybird and Call Me by Your Name are really sort of these coming of age stories, and they're very different coming of age stories too because yes. they just tackle very different subject matter throughout the two films. And with Ladybird, it was just one of those things where Typically, when you see California in a movie, it's not Sacramento. Definitely. (laughs) Seeing that aspect and seeing them take Sacramento sort of to this different level with this film, I was like, you know, I've been to Sacramento once and this feels very accurate for the kind of city it seemed to be. It's, you know, it's the capital, but it doesn't really have this big city feel like LA, San Diego, or San Francisco do. So it's just one of those things where of all the cities to pick to focus a story on, it was an interesting choice. And it just worked so well because, you know, if you're someone who doesn't live in those big cities, and I know you're in LA now, but even Orange County is a much different feel than LA. So it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, I kind of see how this could this could play out in Sacramento because if you're familiar with California, you'd know the wide range of just different kinds of cities you can get in this one state because it's so long. Yeah. Well, Greta Gerwig is it's kind of like a semi 
like autobiographical because she did grow, grow up there. Right. And so that's her hometown. And I think that it really is a movie that it's it's kind of like it's so itself and it's so like unique and it's so like doing all these things that are just kind of applying to the characters in these movies lives that it really can resonate you because it is like so personal and all these characters are dealing with like such personal things that you maybe not have got like I, I I've never like cried and listened to Dave Matthews band but I mean this movie when it happens, you're like, oh my God, I totally feel this. And you can relate to it. That's why it's my number two. It's my biggest like studio or not, like big studio, like actual film because Finding Francis obviously is not. But um, yeah, Lady Bird for me, just I watched it three times now in the theater because Movie Pass is fun. And um, it just really is a movie that is so unique to itself and really does not pull any punches in that way that I think it's uh, like a masterpiece, honestly. I also love in that movie, uh, Greta Gerwig, her style of directing, like they get to the point really quick. Like a character will say, come in and say their lines. Like they, the scenes escalate very quickly. And I think I also like that. Edgar Wright being one of my favorite directors, um, his movies are known for going very just rapid fire quickness. And I think that in Lady Bird, she's kind of doing something similar to that. And I don't know, I, I really like it, which is really funny when you co- contrast it with Call Me By Your Name, which is so like airy and elegant and open and has so many just like shots of them just hanging out by the pool, not doing anything or riding their bikes or just kind of going swimming. Like they're such different movies and they're both so good and so beautiful. But I really... I really loved both of them. Uh, I think I like Lady Bird a little bit more. I don't know. It's hard. They're so different. It's hard to say. But yeah. Yeah, they're different. But in a sense, they're both sort of just telling this ordinary story, too. And I know Call Me By Your Name has a bit more substance to the type of story it's telling because you travel back in time to the 80s in Italy, and it's about these two guys who sort of have this summer fling and mm-hmm. it's a really touching story but in that sense it's very different from ladybird but in a way it's just you know people living these ordinary lives they're not you know spies or superheroes or you know anything you typically see with these action thriller films that the big studios tend to put out it was intensely personal in very different ways for these films and i think that sort of just gives you a break too from these big studio films you're oh, yeah. you just get to sit down and relax during the movie it's you're not like tense and wondering you know oh my goodness is this character going to die or what because that doesn't happen in these movies is this character going to feel a lot you betcha <laughs> yes <laughs> that is definitely what happens yeah those two movies and also the florida project which i liked a lot but i had to leave it off my list um are kind of just these slice of life these really good slice of life kind of movies that don't have a super like drawn out plot they're more just showing you what happens from from in lady bird it's from like the fall to the following fall when she goes off to college and in uh Call me by your name. It's fr- it's the six weeks that Army Hammer is visiting uh, Timothy Chalamet's character in Italy. So it's very much just like okay, here's a period of time and here's what went on for these people, and it's 
they're both uh, they're both so good. And any, I hope that everyone who is able to listen to this podcast is listening to those. I know they're both up for for Oscars, and I hope they win. I really do. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, by the time everyone is listening to this, they will already know if they won Oscars. So, you know, that's that's sort of the downside of being ahead on podcasts, because then you're that's like, okay. oh, well, this is going to happen. But it's already happened by the time you listen to it. But, you know, one of the other movies that we have in common is Get Out. And this topped my list simply because I was just so amazed with how well it turned out because I sort of watched it way later than everyone else did. Like it's back in theaters now because of the Oscars coming up and everything. So some of these movies have been returning to theaters, but I was just watching this and, you know, it's Jordan Peele's debut as a director, I believe. And he just did this story so well because it's sort of like this horror movie but not in a sense of like watching halloween or nightmare on elm street like it doesn't have that you know same effect because they aren't trying to scare you whenever a character turns a corner or anything like that but with this movie it's a much more elegant horror film i guess you can say because yeah you have this couple and they're going to visit the girl's parents and it's the first time the boyfriend is meeting them so in that sense it's sort of like you know hey this is a thing that happens in life this is a thing you do so we're taking this sort of ordinary story and putting such a big twist on it because by the end of it i was like wow i did not see like 99 percent of that coming and it's just this crazy wacky story and it works so well because they just feed you these little bits at a time. And I could probably do a whole episode on this movie. I might actually want to at some point. So, you know, anyone who's interested, let me know. <laughs> but should we not? Should we not talk about it then? Should we just kind of I feel like I feel like everyone should have seen this by now. Like, yeah. come on, you've had like a year. Like <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I would say that like as in terms of like impact, over like 2017 film, I'd say the two biggest movies are Get Out and Wonder Woman because just Get Out is such a just a perfectly constructed little movie that really resonated with its audience and that is just kind of brilliant. It's I would say it's pretty simple in that it's like a small story and it plays out um, pre- pretty tight. It's just a really tight movie, actually, is what I would say. Like every bit of it is just so just precise. And just serves its purpose so well. I would also say this about Phantom Thread, but they're very different. Um, but I would say that everything in that movie just has a purpose and has a reason. And if you're probably going to watch it more than once, like on multiple watches, you get, oh, like that guy was doing that. And that's why he was running around. Or like, oh, he, that's why they're all wearing hats. Or like, yeah. <laughs> just like little, all these little things like, um, oh, the she didn't want the cop to him because she didn't want to leave a paper trail it's so just so brilliant and so has such a good mood to it and so many like iconic shots like the sunken place has kind of become shorthand for like america in the past year right and like other stuff like the best friend is so good and it's like really hilarious too it's just like a just like such an excellent little movie i'm so glad that it's getting like Awards don't really matter. I know I just said I want people to win awards. The awards <laughs> don't really matter. But it's great that it is getting the recognition because I think it is a truly excellent movie. And I'm happy that you obviously loved it so much. I really loved it too. But yeah, Get Out was was such a such a treat. I, I hope that everyone has seen it by now. It's so good. 
I'll admit that this and Call Me By Your Name are the two 2017 films on my top 10 list that I literally just watched within the last month. So it's one of those things where I didn't get the chance to see either of these in theaters. I just, you know, watch them at home, whatever. And it was one of those things where I was like, why did it take me so long to watch these? Because <laughs> I, I knew with Get Out, based on what like you and other friends had said, I would enjoy it. That I knew for sure going into it. I was like, I am going to enjoy this movie. I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy it, but mm -hmm. I really, really <laughs> loved it. And I think, you know, I've mentioned before that I don't really rewatch a ton of things unless it's for the podcast, because if I haven't seen a movie and I want to talk about it, I'm going to have to rewatch it just so I don't like yeah. screw up the whole podcast or anything with sure. incorrect information or memories of what happened. So you know, hopefully someone will do an episode with me on Get Out and it'll give me a very good reason to watch it again. But it might have to be one I just rewatch to rewatch because I, so I do good. have I have very few movies that I will do that with. But a couple of other movies here that you have in your 11 through 20 list that are on my top 10, Coco and The Last Jedi are the big two. And Oof. Lego Batman, we already talked about a bit because it was just hysterical. And I don't see how anyone who watched that movie wouldn't have loved it. But Coco was really surprising for me. I hadn't watched too many Pixar movies. So it's, what? you know, it's, it's been a while. Like, I've watched a bunch of the old Pixar movies, but I think one <laughs> of the more recent ones was Inside Out. And how many years ago was that? I don't know. I haven't been keeping track much since Inside Out. God, I need to rewatch Inside Out. I've been saying that like all year. Oh my god, I gotta rewatch Inside Out. That movie was so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Coco was excellent. Um, maybe like I may have ranked it higher just based on. Sometimes I rank movies way higher on how emotional they make me because that's not an easy thing to do. But oh boy, Coco was kind of like I don't remember the last. I think Inside Out was probably the last time I felt that Pixar made a movie that was that good out of like an er not a sequel although i don't know if i've loved the sequels they've been doing recently but um yeah that movie is excellent just in terms of like the art design is incredible the story is so beautiful and touching like the emotional climax it gets to is some might say cheap but i would say effective um just in terms of how it really just sets all these things up to just to just twist the knife into you uh, feelings wise and I, I think that it really resonated with all of you and it was great to see them like making a really good and thoughtful like portrayal of another culture I, I really thought that was awesome just to see I think there are so many stories that we haven't seen told like whether it's from other cultures or like different like maybe the lower class like the movie like the florida project showed poverty in a way i've never seen it done before and then this showed like mexico th through a lens that i thought was really thoughtful and beautiful and just i i, I loved i love that movie too yeah and like how you rank things higher based on how emotional <laughs> you get during them for me you know i had watched a video of how they made some of the scenes in Coco. And so I think some of those things also sway my decision on where I rank things too, because it was that moment where, you know, he's traveling to the land of the dead and you sort right. of see all the lights and everything. And it's sort of this wide frame shot of 
the entire land of the dead area and oh yeah it's just an amazing shot and i watched this little video on how that was made and how many layers went into making that and just getting it to be so colorful it was amazing i was like wow you know i i've always known that pixar does these amazing things but you know like i said i haven't watched anything since inside out so i've missed i believe three movies i've never seen any of the cars movies i mean we we can discuss my horrible ability to watch movies later but it's pre- it's pretty clear that i'm bad at it but oh, it's okay like you you're gonna you have movie pass now it's okay things are gonna be okay it's gonna be okay <laughs> and it took them so long to do this movie too i think they said it took them something like s- several years almost like six years or something crazy and it's just one of those things where so much time and care goes into each of these Pixar movies. That's why we're not getting, you know, four or five Pixar movies a year like we are with any of the superhero films and Marvel and DC. You know, they're putting out a few a year now. And it's just one of those things where you can tell in the quality of the recent Pixar movies just how much is going into them and how many people have to work on them to make this finalized product. And Coco felt like something they certainly hadn't done before and i think that's what made it have such a big impact too much in the way that black panther is having now you know Mm -hmm. this was a movie that families could take their kids to and they could really understand this culture with you know dia de los muertos and even if you aren't hispanic there's still things to enjoy about this film too and the same you know can be said for black panther and all the the cultural things that are going on in there that, you know, maybe you and I can't relate to, but we can still understand the importance of it. Yeah, I I think when you have a studio like Disney that has literally all the resources in the friggin' world, like, (laughs) they should be making movies that take that much effort. They should be making, they should put that much care and consideration into these movies that are going to make so much money and that are going to people are going to be rewatching for decades. They sh- they absolutely need to be taking steps to make sure that they're qu- putting out a quality product when they are literally the biggest entertainment company in the world that is as we speak buying up the co- the the concept of childhood like they've bought up Marvel and Star Wars and now all the stuff at Fox and they're literally going to own everything that people like probably in our lifetime so we need to be happy and like glad that they're going to put that kind of care into their stuff because otherwise it's going to be very bleak it already is very bleak but at least we're getting some good movies like a lot of the movies on my I think a a lot in my top 20 are from Disney so (laughs) yeah I guess we can jump to maybe Star Wars next because that would be the next thing. Yeah, this was a movie I was definitely anticipating because really? you didn't really, Star Wars? really? <laughs> you didn't really know what was going to happen with Princess Leia because of Carrie Fisher's passing in real mm-hmm. life. So it's like, okay, that was the one thing I wanted to know how they were going to handle it. And I know not everyone agrees that they handled it well, but they have built up this knowledge that we know there's some part of the force in Leia because, 
she gets these feelings, you know, like when Han died in The Force Awakens, she just had this feeling in her gut and she knew mm-hmm. it had happened. It had happened before anyone told her. So, you know, these Force abilities were certainly dwelling within her and she didn't have them on the same level that Luke does or other people using the Force do, but it was there. So to have her sort of float back to the ship, I was like, okay, it's a bit of a stretch from what we've seen, but it's not totally unrealistic. I mean, this is Star Wars. It's fiction. They can do yeah. whatever they want. Absolutely. So- <laughs> like, I I loved Star Wars. It was really funny. Like, uh, I think it was my birthday and we were going to, we were trying to watch The Shape of Water at the Grove because it was like the only theater that has movie pass that was showing The Shape of Water. And it was sold out, but there were like 10 Star Wars screenings. So one of them had seats. And so we went and watched Star Wars. And I was like, okay, I'll go watch Star Wars. Um, And then this movie just blew me away. Like, it's such a meta movie that is about, like, it's about the franchise of Star Wars. And it's about, like, destroying, not destroying, but, like, honoring the past while also, like, cutting yourself loose from it. And yeah, I think the the handling of Princess Leia was definitely an interesting visual choice, right. like for sure. And I think this movie is a very like it pissed a lot of people off. I know a lot of people who were angry at this movie, but I think that it is one of the best. I don't know how you could make a better Star Wars movie than this for me personally. Um, but yeah, I think the the uh, the Princess Leia scene was like. I don't know, maybe since she wasn't trained to use the force one way, she can use it a crazy different way. Like, who's to say, you know, like, I think that it was awesome. I think it was a a really elegant, beautiful, like, moment for her character. I don't know what they're going to do in the next one with her, if she's going to be in it or what they're going to do, because they like to make old, they make to make dead people come back under questionable CGI sometimes. But I've heard they're not going to do that. So my best guess on this is they're going to do a little bit of a time jump and maybe have them at like her funeral or something, because yeah. th- that for me is probably the only like realistic way you could get away with having her in the movie, but not in the movie, so to speak. Like she's there, but we don't see her. So I don't think they're going to go the route of the CGI character because they definitely got quite a bit of backlash on that. And I don't think they want to do that because Carrie Fisher was such an important part of the Star Wars legacy that it would sort of be a disservice to do that or, you know, just sort of have this older version of her appear and you're like, mm, but we kind of know this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I don't cause... think they get away with that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the la- I, I love The Last Jedi so much. I think it was such a beautiful, striking film. I loved the interplay between uh, like uh, Kylo Ren and Rey. I think I know a lot of people hated the way they did Luke Skywalker in this movie, but I thought it was so good. And I thought Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were both such like they brought it in this movie for their last Star Wars movie. I think they really brought it. I think it had some of the best like big battles and lightsaber fights. I think even the part that a lot of people hated where they go to that casino in the middle of the movie. I think even that was 
really interesting and gave us uh, insight into like a movie that's built on class war, a movie franchise that's built on class wars. Like, oh, this is what people are actually fighting for. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I love the last, I've talked about it a lot with my friends and kind of had controversial opinions, but I think it is just such an excellent, it's just everything I wanted. And I didn't even know that I wanted it because I kind of went into it just being like, well, I'll watch Star Wars because it's Star Wars. And then I was like, oh shit, I love this. <laughs> it helps too, probably, that you aren't one of these obsessive Star Wars fans. And I know I've been really diving into the books and everything too, but I wouldn't mm. say I'm necessarily obsessed with it because I do not know like all of these different things about the planets. I'm like, wait, which planet is this person from still? And it's yeah. one of those things where I, you know, I dive into the universe, but I don't necessarily retain all of the little teeny tiny details that these massive Star Wars fans do. And, you know, it's, I think, in a way that can make it more enjoyable for someone because you don't dive into all of the books and comics and everything. So you're just going into this, like, hoping you get an enjoyable movie out of it. So when you find parts of it that you really enjoy, it it's just that much better for some casual fans, too. Yeah. Well, and the movie is kind of like telling a lot of people who are super obsessed with Star Wars to kind of fuck off. Because <laughs> yeah. essentially, it's like the arc of Kylo Ren is he literally is a Darth Vader, Star Wars, if you will, fanboy. He wears this mask for no reason. He has like this goofy lightsaber and like he's walking around literally in like his grandfather's like pajamas. And he learns, oh, that I can't do that. That's not going to work. Like, that's stupid. And I think that people are not very reticent of that. And I think that they don't like being told that they can't have their thing. I don't think people like that. But essentially, the movie really is about, okay, if we're going to make a Star Wars movie every year for the next end of your lifetime, we can't just make the same movie with the same people which is funny because i feel like that's really what the previous one the force awakens was but it's really a direct rebuke of that it's like no we have to make different movies we have to tell different stories people are gonna people can come from anywhere like ray doesn't need to be related to obi-wan kenobi or whatever the fuck like we're gonna tell different stories and we're gonna give people new voices to do star wars if you want star wars and you do so I think that it, oh, what a what a tremendous movie. I loved it so much. Yeah, same here. Well, why don't we go ahead and go into our honorable mentions here? We have talked about Thor Ragnarok a bit, so we don't really need to discuss that in detail. But, you know, I have that and Baby Driver on my list, which Baby Driver was initially in my top 10, but Call Me By Your Name had to bump something out. So I just <laughs> moved things around and bumped that out because it, Baby Driver, it was like campy, but it was done really well yeah um well as i said i think i mentioned it earlier that edgar wright is one of my favorite directors maybe my favorite him or like lord and miller are like my favorite current working uh directors and i think baby driver is actually one of his weaker films but like the things that man does with editing and sound like the car chase sequences and the fight sequences in this movie are just some of the most fun stuff I've seen. And this has been talked to death, but like the way he edited the, just all the fights and, and uh, car chases to sync up with the soundtrack of this movie is just so brilliant. Um, there are parts of it, like some of the character stuff and some of the, like the ending resolution that's kind of questionable. 
but I don't know. Um, oh, and John Hamm is in this movie as the bad guy, and he's super great. I love John Hamm so much. But yeah, uh, Baby Driver was great. It it just snuck in to the the edge of my uh, my top twenty because there were just so many other good movies this year. But yes, the 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 action in that movie is top notch. Absolutely, like some of the best of the year. Yeah, and you have Logan in your honorable mentions, which was really high up on my list. And you know, yeah. part, of, part of my list having so many superhero films in it is just because of how many of them I watched in comparison to other films. So if I had gotten to more movies, I think, you know, this top 10 is probably going to change quite a bit over Mm -hmm. time as I get to catching up on other stuff. But, you know, Logan, like you said, it's sort of this Western sci-fi kind of thing. And it was just like really, really well done for where they've taken Wolverine under you know Hugh Jackman playing him for so many years and I think this was a good way to give this character a good because there are some Wolverine movies that are not great like I I will definitely admit that because there have been so many of them I don't even know how many movies Wolverine has been in at this point but it feels like it's somewhere close to 10 or something ridiculous and You know, you have some movies on here, too, that I have heard about but have not watched. So why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit more about The Florida Project, Mother and Logan Lucky? Oh, man. Okay, they're all basically the same movie. No, they're not (laughs) similar at all. Logan was really great. I think it was interesting to send that character off on a movie that is nothing like any of the other movies he's Um, it's so much darker and heavier and like quieter, but it it was great. I, I remember I was like, okay, I think we watched it at the cheap theater and I was like, okay, well, I'll watch this. It looks okay. And then by the end, I was like, really? Like, oh my God, am I feeling stuff? Like, <laughs> why is this making me really sad? Why do I care so much about Wolverine right now? <laughs> the only X-Men movie I liked was First Class and he's in two seconds of it. Um, but yeah, no, that movie was excellent. Um. I'm going to talk about Mother a little bit because I don't know how many, I I don't know if you will watch Mother, but it is without a doubt the most insane thing I saw on a screen. Like I still am processing it and I watched it in September. I think I I need to watch it again, but it was so, it's literally like the most upsetting, rough, like film to watch. It is so just unpleasant and just like skin tingling and just rough movie that is kind of brilliant because it can be it's like art it can be read in so many different ways like it's uh jennifer lawrence and javier Bardem are these uh two a married couple in a house in the wilderness i guess and she's trying to fix up the house and he's a poet that has writer's block and basically these people come uh, to to stay with them and then they won't leave and then it just goes batshit insane like it I that of all the movies I saw this year that one has kind of stayed with me the most I couldn't put it higher just because it is so inherently unpleasant to watch like there is some of the most upsetting stuff I've seen in a movie I, I'm trying not to spoil it but oh my god that movie let me think the Florida Project I kind of talked about a little bit it's very slice of life it's about these people kind of living in poverty outside of Disney World in Florida um, they all live in this uh, motel where they are kind of trying to 
gate by and it's a from the perspective of these three children that live in the motel with their parents are trying to make ends meet uh through varying ways and it's just a very honest it was so honest that the 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 main girl's mom is this girl that's like really hustling and really trying to do it and i think that i think i would have liked it more if i could have not been so like put off by this this poor woman who's just trying to make money for her daughter but yeah that movie was also excellent and then logan lucky is they say it in the movie but it's ocean 7-eleven it's basically these rednecks that pull off this crazy heist um and they it's so funny and so dry and it's a steven soderbergh movie who did the other uh oceans 11 franchise and uh it had channing tatum and adam driver in it it was just really really fun i don't think many people saw it but it was such a great movie daniel craig plays like this uh safe cracker like heist master guy and he's unrecognizable he has like bleach blonde short hair and like is doing this goofy voice and uh i think his name is like joe bang it's that movie oh that movie was so good so yeah there were a lot of good movies um also, Ingrid Goes West is rounding out my 20. Uh, that was like a takedown of like inst- social media, uh, cool people, culture in L.A. that uh, is really hilarious, even if I, I don't know how much mileage you'd get out of it if you didn't live in L.A., but it, I thought it was freaking hilarious. And like you, you'd think it would be easy to kind of write a, a very easy, cheap, like, oh, L.A. people suck. Like, oh, they're always on their phones. They're always eating fancy food. Oh, they're trying to take. But it was I thought it was just like surprisingly good and funny and a really good debut for that director. Anything else on my list? Columbus was this tiny movie that uh, starred Cal Penn that was literally just people walking around looking at architecture in Columbus. And I loved it's on Hulu. Uh, It's really, really quiet, but it was just beautiful and uh, serene. Uh, Dunkirk is very loud and very gripping. And I... (sighs) That movie, seeing it in a theater, in a theater, might be very different from seeing it out of a theater. I don't know how it'll hold up, but I loved it. Uh, Disaster Artist, I thought was such a funny, brilliant movie. I know it's not Franco's not getting awards love because of a lot of the stuff that's come out about him being kind of a creep, but I thought it was an excellent movie, especially if you're a fan of The Room. Like it was just, just, just a perfect little movie that I know probably isn't going to be remembered very well if Franco's name is kind of going to kind of get dragged here. But um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers a lot of the second half of my of my list there. So that brings us to worst movie, because, you know, <laughs> not everything we see is going to be fantastic. And one of the movies that I watched was Shimmer Lake. And, you know, it has a decent cast. But it was just one of those things. Rain Wilson is in it. And then you have John Michael Higgins and Benjamin Walker. They've all sort of been in movies that people would probably recognize. So you have these actors who you know they've been good in things. You know, you've seen them in things that have been good. But this, it's like, it's a bank robbery told backwards. Great. So it's, yeah, it was just weird and... I kind of got bored during it. And like I was telling you earlier, I looked on Letterboxd and I was like, I gave this a two out of five and I don't even remember most of it. So I, I don't know if like a two out of five even stands up for it at this point. And, you know, I 
think it was a Netflix original. I'm not entirely sure. I am going to it was. look yeah. right now. It it does have a very good cast. I think I saw like a trailer for it on Netflix and I was like, what is that? But I think I think Netflix, when it comes to television, is crushing it. Like they're buying everything in sight and they're putting out everything in sight, but they are putting out a lot of really good and really like groundbreaking shows that are also of a pretty high quality. But Netflix movies, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, I can't think of a legitimately great film I've watched that was a Netflix original, except for maybe Okja. And even that, I feel like, is pushing it. Because that movie, I don't know if you watched it, but it was kind of very all over the place. I know a lot of my friends really loved it. But I thought it was probably the best Netflix movie I've seen. But a lot of them, they've been really... I don't know if a lot of people watch these movies, but they've been striking out recently with like Bright and uh, that Cloverfield movie. And there are so many movies they release and that just kind of just go under the radar like this one. The only other one I watched from 2017 was Gerald's Game. And I watched that because it's a Stephen King adaptation and I'll pretty yeah. much watch most of the Stephen King adaptations. I even watched sure. the Miss TV show, which I didn't think was great. You know, my mom enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it quite as much. <laughs> but, you know, I gave Gerald's Game a three out of five because I felt like it was very accurate to the story. I haven't read the book, but I know the premise of the book. So it was one of those things where that movie, I felt it was it was perfectly fine for what the story is. Mm -hmm. And because you're in such a confined space for the majority of the story, yeah, you know, so you're in pretty much this one bedroom for like, I don't, I don't even know, like 80% of the movie probably. And mm -hmm. it's a very hard story to tell because of that fact, you know, when you're in such confined spaces for a good chunk of a story, you really have to, get creative on how to keep people's attention with it especially these days in you know the age of social media when people can just bounce from one thing to the other so quickly or if it's something on netflix you're like all right never mind i'll go watch you know marvel's netflix shows or something else and mm. i thought that was fairly well done but yeah i haven't watched too many of the netflix movies and this one you know it sounded like it would be good and the cast made it seem like it would be good but i just didn't find it all that entertaining and you know your worst movie list here you, you you can't decide between two so why don't you let us know why that is well okay there's one there's one that like i know it is the worst thing i saw and then there's another one and maybe another one after that that are movies that i think were made well they just completely missed the mark for me um the one i think is probably the worst movie i saw and i don't know if this is just me but uh the lego ninjago movie okay i was ugh, just i i to be to be clear like the, the first lego movie is one of my favorite movies of all time the lego batman movie we loved this just it felt like a it literally was the nakedest just felt like a toy commercial with that they just tried to cast comedians in and tried to be like coast off of the goodwill that was built by these other movies. But I just, ugh, what a, what a slog of a movie that was just like very just kid toy set fighting. Like, okay, we did this scene now on to the next big toy set piece and just 
I it gave away its best gag, which is this the the city is getting terrorized by a live action cat named Meowthra. That's like the best joke of the movie, and they gave it away in the trailer. Like, I don't know. I just it was very unpleasant to watch this movie, and I was very upset to see like really people I think can do quality work like Kumail and uh, Zach Woods was in it, and just like I thought, Dave Franco was actually pretty good in the league because he's really good at just being really just emotional and straightforward but i don't know i just did not like that movie and then the other two that gave me that i watched and i just hated even though i think that they might be good for other people other people might like them i feel like i watched a completely different movie which would be uh all the money in the world and wonderstruck which are probably movies that no one that's listening to this watch but all the money in the world was about um j paul getty it was the movie where uh kevin spacey very famously got booted from it and they reshot the scenes of his character with christopher Plummer. um it had michelle williams and mark Wahlberg, and that movie was just so dull and just a slog to watch so boring and i thought michelle williams like her accent would like come and go was supposed to be like English I think but sometimes she wouldn't be and then Mark Wahlberg was terrible in it Christopher Plummer brought like this weird like jokey kind of vibe to this guy who's supposed to not care about anyone but himself and his money like it was just such a ugh I, I do not I don't even really want to talk about it that much and then Wonderstruck was this other movie by the director Carol um, which is a movie I loved, uh, that was like told half and half in like the 70s. And then their half was like black and white in like the 30s, I think. And it was just this very, it was like a kid movie where the kids are kind of just wandering around. But ugh, I, I didn't like the movie either. <laughs> so what you're saying is I should be glad I didn't watch any of those movies. <laughs> yeah, basically, do not seek them out um i'm sure maybe there are people who like enjoyed them but like lego ninjago is a naked toy commercial and then the other two are like stuff that's supposed to be like the the other one's like oh black and white not a lot of talking this must be art this is some real good art right here and then the other one is just like oh boring rich people stalking about like ugh, ugh, terrible terrible i i did not like any of those yeah well why don't we go ahead and dive into some more general discussion on what we thought were, you know, the best movies of certain genres and everything. I know you have a few things on here, so sure. we're doing sort of our own mini little Oscars here after the <laughs> Oscars have already aired. But yeah, for best superhero movie, this this is not a category at the Oscars, but it's certainly one that's worth discussing because of how many superhero movies come out in a given year now. So. You know, I have plenty, plenty on my list, but Do you? <laughs> I think, you know, for me, I have Logan at two and Wonder Woman at three, but really, I feel like those are sort of tied just because of how they handled each of those characters and what they were able to accomplish with the movie. And I know some people aren't huge on the ending for Wonder Woman, and I'm a bit yep. more forgiving of that just because of what the movie meant for the character and for the superhero genre in general, because it's the first female-led film for, you know, these superhero movies. And 
We're not counting Catwoman, right? Well, I should say for, you know, like since the MCU started, like the modern day movies that have been sort of bringing about these cinematic universes, because when Catwoman came out, I don't think DC was considering their movies the extended universe just yet. That's true. And you have Elektra too, which, so like, it's not the first of its kind, but it's the first successful one of its kind, I guess yeah, you can say. It's the first one we're going to acknowledge. <laughs> I think Wonder Woman had maybe the best two thirds of a movie. I think it had the best, like, I, I don't know, that, that that third act is so rough. And I know it's because it's part of the, the that DCU that it has to look like that, but oh my God. But why couldn't it have just ended like when she goes to the battlefield and when she's walking across that? Like that would have been a perfect movie if it had just ended there. They could have thrown in a little bit more character stuff. Oh, it would have been perfect. But then they have to have her fight this the ugliest, giant, horndest <laughs> guy that's like on fire. Oh, yeah. But no, Wonder Woman was great. It was it was a good movie. Like I I, I liked it. It just left such a bad taste in my mouth that last part but yeah i think it was it like i said it and get out are like the two biggest most impactful movies i guess it would be a third one could just because it was a freaking huge movie but um just in terms of like representation and like what people like really latched onto i think those two were the two biggest um i would probably say guardians just by default is my favorite superhero movie even though i really did love Lego Batman and I really did love Logan and Thor Ragnarok. I think they were all great. Um, but Guardians 2, I think just in terms of what I wanted from a movie, it gave me everything and more. Right. Just how it could build on such a such a great first movie and then just really double down on their characters and the visuals were better than the first one. The plot was better. I I just think that movie was was excellent. Definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, that's come out and there's a lot of them <laughs> yeah and you have favorite performance on here too I think for me I feel like it has to go to Daniel Kaluuya in Get really? Out I, I wow. feel bad if I am pronouncing his name wrong I might have done that in the Black Panther episode too I'm not entirely sure but I feel like he just took that character and ran with it so well because even really? though, you know, we can't necessarily relate to that character and everything he's gone through, he took the character and just put you in his shoes. Like, what would you do if this was happening to you sort of situation? And, you know, I know the Oscars are a big deal in the film world, but maybe not as big of a deal for fans like us who are going to enjoy a bunch of these movies, regardless of what awards they do or do not win. And I know Get Out <laughs> is nominated for a lot, but I think mm -hmm. based on what I did see, his was probably the most standout performance. Like with <laughs> Logan, we've seen Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. We kind of know what to expect from him as that character. We had briefly seen Gal as Wonder Woman. So I knew, you know, I was going to like those performances right off the bat, but I didn't know anything about most of these actors going in to get out. So I think that's why this one probably stood out the most for me personally. I Wow. I, I guess it's good that he got nominated. I thought it was kind of interesting that he got nominated because I don't feel, I guess, I don't know. I feel like it's more the movie than him necessarily that makes you like, that really resonates with me, but that just could be me projecting, uh, I think, gosh, my favorite performances probably 
I, I think uh, Saoirse Ronan in uh, Lady Bird is maybe my favorite. Um, I also really liked Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water, but I think Saoirse is, I, I have a feeling she's probably not going to win because uh, what's her face from, uh, Frances McDormand from Three Billboards is probably going to win that award. But I think Saoirse Ronan just captured what it's like to to like know everything and nothing about like life kind of to be at that point in your life where you are either like kind of overqualified or underqualified to speak on anything. I also think it's a similar thing for Timothy Chalamet in uh, in Call Me By Your Name. I think he's excellent. Um, I think he just did such a subtle, beautiful performance of that character and like he's feeling like such intense like passion and like like a sexual awakening and he just conveys it so subtly and so beautifully and then that last shot of course where he's uh just looking into the camera and just sobbing while Sufjan Stevens plays is just oh my god one of the best things to happen in a movie just that just those two I also think all three of the people in Phantom Thread are are excellent. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis's final performance there, um, he's always he's only done a handful of movies, but he's a force in any of them. I think that um, his I don't I know you didn't watch Phantom Thread, but um, his girlfriend in the movie Vicky Cripes 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 I don't know um, matches him absolutely in every facet of that movie. So I think those are all great. Um, going down my list here, trying to think. I think that I know she didn't get nominated, but uh, Jennifer Lawrence in Mother definitely did the most acting I've seen in a movie this year, just in terms of what she did. Like, she really did that on screen. <laughs> um, she definitely is put through the ringer and, and more in that movie. So I think she should get some kind of honorary award. I know she's up for a Razzie and I think that's pretty funny, but um, yeah, I think she definitely gave one of the most memorable performances of the year, but yeah, probably Saoirse Ronan, I think would be my favorite. I think her and Timothy in Call Me By Your Name would probably round out my top three. Yeah. And really, you know, it could go either way for those top three there for me because mm-hmm. you know with Daniel in Get Out it was more so his was really a breakout performance too and I think the same sure. could be said for you know Timothy. Y- yeah because he was in Lady Bird too he you is. know he so <laughs> and you know he is really starting to do more movies and everything because he had such great performances this year, whether or not they were lead roles or, you know, just playing someone's boyfriend in Lady Bird, pretty Mm -hmm. much. And for the two of them, they have so much going for them right now because of these two films. And the fact that all three of the films, too, they weren't these big, major motion pictures, basically, because they weren't on the scale of Star Wars or the superhero movies or even, you know, something like, Annihilation that's out now. So, oh yeah, go see Annihilation. Go see Annihilation. <laughs> I'm going so to good. do that soon. I promise. I promise. It's going to happen. It'll it'll be done by the time everyone listens to this. That I there can you assure go. you. <laughs> so you know, with with those three movies, you're getting these actors and actresses who haven't been in these big blockbuster films, and they don't necessarily need to be to be successful either. And I think that's what really stands out for those three characters too it's like 
you're getting a look at these ordinary characters that you can really, really relate to. So I think, you know, definitely top three performances there in my book. Yeah. I just wanted to take a second and like in past years, I feel like I haven't really loved a lot of the Oscar movies, but this year, like I'm looking at my list and it's quite five of them are in my top seven. Yeah. Like they would be my number one if it weren't for Nathan for you. And that's kind of a different <laughs> thing. That's kind of its own beast. And then the Post and Dunkirk are in my top 20. So, I mean, I am actually really pleased with the uh, the movies that are getting recognized this year. Like, the only two I don't really care for, I haven't seen Darkest Hour, but it just doesn't look appealing to me at all. And then I saw Three Billboards and uh, that movie. Like, I think the performances are good. I think Frances McDormand and Sam Rockwell are both good with what they're given. But I think that movie is just rough and coming from a, a bad place. And I uh, parts of it are just so what the fuck to me that I have a feeling it probably did win a lot of stuff. And that's a bummer. But at least like the rest of the people getting nominated, I, I think, completely deserve it. Like Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water. That's those are like untouchable movies for me. Like those are all like those are interchangeable. They are all so good and so different and so like just really good voices in film being heard uh and so i'm pretty i'm pretty pleased with it i'm i'm really happy about the like the oscar hall this year because i don't think i've ever seen or loved this many of like the movies that end up being the the oscar crop that's definitely the same for me because it's one of those things where not only am i fairly bad at watching movies in a timely manner but there are some on my list, like we want to talk about movies we wish we had seen, and some of the Oscar movies are still on my list. Like I didn't see The Post, but it's definitely on my list to see. And you know, you mentioned The Disaster Artist not really getting any nominations and everything because of mm-hmm. the news that came out about James Franco. And it was one of those movies I was getting ready to like watch the room and watch that, and then the news came out, and I was like, okay, well. Maybe it's not a big deal if I don't watch it right away now. So yeah. that one's sort of on the back burner. And that movie, I think, was so good. And his performance, like, is probably better than whoever will win it. But it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And The Shape of Water is one I haven't seen just yet. But that's definitely on my list to watch. And I know yeah, I was texting you. I was like, which do I watch? The Shape of Water or Call Me By Your Name? And I just ended up picking one of them yesterday mm-hmm. and watching Call Me By Your Name. So it's not that I don't want to watch more of these movies that have been nominated. It's just that I haven't got into it yet. And The Post is one that has a stellar cast all around. Like, as soon as I saw that that movie was coming out, I was like, okay. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be good. Because how could it really fail with all of those names in there? Yeah, it's but a, It's a good movie by people who make good movies. Like, it's it's like really gripping and well acted and well shot and just like a good story and it's timely and it's just just a good it's just a good movie and like I think I liked it more than my parents liked it which is a shocker but yeah that movie's excellent there's not a lot of urgency to see it I don't think it'll win anything or won anything but it is very good like if you just want like a a well-made gripping movie 
Yeah, the thing that sucks for me, though, is these smaller movies like The Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, and, you know, the ones that aren't Star Wars or Black Panther and whatnot, they sort of get pushed out of the theater by me fairly quickly because it's not a huge theater. So when you have several rooms showing Star Wars or Black Panther, it's really going to cut into the amount of time I have to see these other movies, which is exactly why I'm going to go see Annihilation soon, because with, you know, Solo and avengers infinity war coming up soon it's like okay i need to go see this like now so that yeah. i can actually see it in theaters and not have to wait like forever to see it at home or something like that yeah, so and that's definitely a movie that is a theater movie like it's uh, such an atmospheric uh just gripping just whew. yeah go 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 see that right when we finish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are there any other subjects you want to hit on before we talk a little bit about movie pass and get into our anticipated movies for 2018? There were only a handful of movies that I didn't get to see. I don't know if people will have heard of them. I really wanted to see um, The Square, which is one of the foreign language ones. It's from the guy who directed this other movie called uh, Force Majeure, which I really loved. And I wanted to see that. It had Elizabeth Moss in it. Um, I also wanted to see Personal Shopper, which my girlfriend was raving about, and I never quite got around to. And then there's a movie that's another movie starring a Twilight star called Good Time that a lot of people were talking about and that is on Amazon Prime and that I haven't watched because I'm an idiot. So I need to watch, uh, get around to those. There's also another one on Netflix called Princess Sid that some of the people on the like movie sites that I watch and listen to and whatever uh we're talking about they all really like that one and that's on netflix too um that's that's about it just uh just off the top of my head like stuff that i should have watched they probably could have changed my list but i'm happy with my list the way it is you know yeah like i said mine will probably change as i watch more of these movies but as of this very moment you know that's where it stands and Mm -hmm. not everything is going to change my list necessarily but I expect that when I see the post or, you know, some movies like that, it might knock something out of the top 10 there, or I might just expand it into a top 15, top 20, whatever. But MoviePass is something that you and I have been using. You mentioned that when they sort of revamped the service that first day, you got it because apparently MoviePass has been around for a while, but it used to be something that cost like 50 bucks a month. Yeah, it was like I think it was 30 or 50. Yeah, I think it was a lot. So they totally revamped it. And right now I'm paying the $9.95 a month or whatever it is, because at the time I just couldn't part with a chunk of money to pay for like a whole year up front. And I wasn't entirely sure at first if I was going to keep it. It really depended on how often I was getting to the movies and everything. But you did the year purchase, right? I did. (laughs) I did the, the year, it's like a year for like $90, I think. It's insane. Um, right. And I, at first I thought it didn't go through, but I just checked like a month ago and it did. So now I'm I'm committed to this ship. We're staying on the movie pass ship. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a life, a, a, a game changer for, for me, just in a thing that you can just do all the time. And I'm in LA and there are so many theaters by me. I, I have my pick of the litter whenever... There, there are like three movie, three theaters within like uh, five miles of me that take it, so I can just kind of 
go and check out whatever's new every weekend. My girlfriend is a film school student, so she loves to go as well. And uh, one of my be- one of my best friends has also gotten it. And so the three of us will go to anything that's out. I think this week we're going to see um, uh, either Red Sparrow or Game Night or possibly both. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, I mostly go to movies by myself because I'm, you know, as you know now, like being on the job hunt, you have a lot more time to do stuff, but then you feel like you should be doing other things than watching movies and everything. But the perk is that I get to go at like one in the afternoon when there's hardly anyone at the theater, except for on, you know, release days, like for Black Panther and Star Wars. Then I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, let me pick the single seat that is available right here. Oh, I'll sit here in the first row corner. I'm sure this is what they intended when they were making the movie. I was like in the third row for Black Panther. It wasn't super bad, but, you know, it wasn't the best seat. But I was able to see the whole screen, at least, without having to, like, move my head back and forth just to see the whole picture. But that's good. It's definitely been really helpful for getting me to the movie theater more because at the Regal by me, it's almost 12 bucks for a matinee ticket. So it one movie pays for itself, basically. So as long as I keep going once a month, which with as many movies as there have been coming out, that shouldn't be too difficult. Like, you know, obviously I'll go see Annihilation. So then, you know, March I'm covered already just by seeing that one movie. And with Solo and Avengers Infinity War coming out, you have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming later in the year and aquaman i guess is coming out this year too i don't know there's just at least something i'll go see once once a month i'm betting and when summer hits usually there's an influx of movies that people want to see because you know school's out and people have more time to go to the movies and everything like that but i did only do the monthly because i wasn't sure how long it was going to be around so i didn't want to drop a very good choice. <laughs> yeah i didn't want to drop you know the 90 bucks or whatever and just have it like go out of business two months later and then be screwed mm. out of all that money but you seem to go a lot more often than i do even so it seems very worth it for you and i don't mind paying a little bit more in the long run two dollars more a month like it's already an insane deal like yeah and I, I get not in, not wanting to commit a year to it, but this is this movie pass is a lifestyle, and I'm all in on it. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe once I have more income coming in, I can switch to the yearly plan or something and save a little money in the long run. But right now, Take it's money just to save money, Deanna. Take money yeah, to save. I I know it it's a difficult decision to make sometimes, but. It has been worth it so far, and I've heard of people being double-charged and things recently, so I'm definitely going to be checking my account soon now. Oh, yeah. It's a totally piece-of-shit app. Like, it sucks. Like, it's incredible that, like, two million people are on this service that kind of isn't, like, super great. Like, I've, I, everyone I know who has it has had at least, like, one close call or failure to get in. It's not a well-maintained service, but, like, what they're giving you is so absurdly a good deal that you almost can't be mad about it. I know a lot of people have been, but it's like, okay, well, I didn't see five. I saw four movies instead of five movies for $10 this month. You know, it sounds yeah. absurd to get mad at them. So, I mean, I don't know. And they did revamp the app recently. Like they put in a whole new design and everything. So it at least looks a little better, but functionality wise, it's sort of, 
the same experience for me anyway. Yeah, they're they're definitely working out some things. I hope that they can put some of the movie or the money, I guess, that they have towards that. But well, well, it's I, 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 I'm okay with it, I guess. Yeah, I don't entirely know how they're making money, but I probably also don't want to know if they are making money or not. But why don't we go ahead and wrap up here with some of our 2018 anticipated films. Obviously, we're in March already. So we've seen things like Black Panther come out and you've seen Annihilation Mm -hmm. and I'll be seeing Mm -hmm. that soon. I'll have seen it by the time everyone hears this. But I think, you know, for me, I'm really interested in seeing how Solo turns out because I've heard some mixed things on it. Like people are really worried about this movie. And I think it's because it's the first time we're seeing a different actor portray Han Solo. So there's always going to be sort of that tension between fans on whether or not they really want to see this happen. But from what I've seen, you know, just Donald Glover alone is a reason to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to be seeing it. Um, it. It's so strange to me for them to put out this movie that's about like honoring the past, but destroying it and and like going forward. And then, oh, by the way, here's an origin story for Han Solo where a guy is going to blatantly try to look like him and not do a good job. Like, it's so strange to me. Like, what a conflicting... <laughs> thing for them to do but uh i was excited about that movie originally when they said donald glover was in the cast and they said that uh phil lord and chris miller phil miller and chris phil lord and chris miller were working and going to make it because they're two of my favorite they're my favorite like directorial team uh they specialize in taking bad ideas and making them good like a, a movie based on lego toys that sounds horrible great movie a movie based on 21 Jump Street from the 90s, great movie. A, a sequel to that movie, better movie. Like, they're they're experts at turning trash ideas into, like, great film. But then they kick them off of it and replace them with Ron Howard, who is a fine filmmaker and I'm sure can put it together. And I'm sure it'll be at least, like, entertaining. But I, I at this point, I just want it to be better than Rogue One and we'll be fine because I thought Rogue One was not great. But, uh... Yeah, I, I hope that the fact that Tom Glover is in it can kind of, and the fact that it was originally like uh, their movie can help it be watchable. That's about all I'm thinking about for that one. Yeah, and Deadpool 2 comes out that same day too. So that's, that's one I am looking forward to as well, just because of how ridiculous the first movie was. I loved it so much and they're they're definitely doing something way different with Deadpool than they've done with most of these characters that they've worked with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll that'll be good. I, I I'm not worried about that one. That'll that'll be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is very fun and very good. Um, I'm looking at the list here. We obviously I don't know if we even need to talk about Avengers: Infinity War. It's gonna happen to all of us. It's we're all gonna be in the Infinity War with them fighting against the Josh Brolin, who I think is also in Deadpool too. Um, that's gonna be obviously the biggest movie ever. How funny would it be if it didn't make as much money as Black Panther, though? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even be surprised at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the like Wakanda is a big part of the movie, so I think that's what'll kind of bring it back. I think that people will be stoked on that, so that's good. Um, there's also a new Wes Anderson movie that's stop motion called Isle of Dogs. I love dogs, um, and that is probably like the thing I'm looking at right now is being. Yeah, that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most just because his other stop motion, he's one of my favorite directors and his other stop motion movie, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think is his best work. 
And this looks like even more of that. Um, and I've seen the commercial for it so many times now at every movie I go to. <laughs> um, so that I'm really looking forward to. I think the same day of, as that is a very similar movie, a little movie called Pacific Rim Uprising that features giant robots punching aliens in the face that I'm also really excited for because I love the first one. I know that um, uh, Guillermo del Toro did not make this one at all. He actually, I went to a Q&A with him the other day and he said he dropped out of making Pacific Rim Uprising in order to make Shape of Water, which probably a good choice. But um, I'm still excited for Pacific Rim just because I love the first one so much. I thought it was such a fun a uh, beautiful world that also had a, a freaking giant mech using a boat as a bat, which was uh, just so awesome. Um, there's also Incredibles 2, which I hope is good. Another superhero movie from the company that now has since bought all the superheroes. <laughs> and... Yeah, I, I want it to be good because I think Incredibles is one of the best Pixar movies and it happened before the current world of superheroes that we live in. But I, I, I'm very curious about it. I, I hope it's I hope it can be really good. And then there's a sloth, a slosh a wave of other superhero movies coming out that I hope are great. Yeah, I honestly pretty much only know when the superhero movies are coming out and not a whole lot else right now. But I did see that Creed 2 is slated for November. and Really? Yeah, I don't know if it's actually happening. I, I have no idea on what is accurate on this list here, but it is supposed to be coming out this year. And I... I thought Creed was good. I think, I also think, I think Ryan Coogler is a, is a, is a, solid filmmaker like I liked Creed and I liked Black Panther but I didn't love either of them but maybe Creed 2 could be great I thought the boxing scenes in Creed 1 were like really really captivating I don't know if going to school in Philly like altered my opinion on what I thought of Creed (laughs) (laughs) if I hadn't gone to school in Philly because I watched it with one of my friends from Drexel and we watched it when it came out out here and I was just like oh look at all those places I know (laughs) so I think that sort of swayed my opinion on it a little bit but I think Ryan Coogler is definitely taking anything he does by the reins and just running with it and I think that's something that I just really want to keep seeing him do because I really enjoyed Fruitvale Station when I watched that and this was before I even really knew that Ryan Coogler was going to be doing Creed or Black Panther or anything like that I didn't even know who he was and just watching Mm -hmm. those three movies from him in a row I was like okay this guy knows what he's doing and I'm really enjoying it so if Creed 2 does happen in November I'll definitely be checking that out but like I said it's mostly the superhero movies that I'm aware of and one Mm -hmm. of the big ones that I'm looking forward to actually comes out on our birthday because we share a birthday so it's the oh. sp- the spider-man into the spider-verse animated oh, yeah. film and i i just it's like okay. a very good but birthday gift like i think i'm really going to enjoy that because i watched the trailer and i've been keeping up with the cast editions and everything like that and i think it's going to be sort of what i want a live action spider-man movie to be with miles morales yeah that looks I don't know very much about it, but yeah, that looks, that looks, I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller are working on that in some capacity, but yeah, that looks awesome. 
Yeah, so I'll be texting you throughout the year to figure out what I should be watching because, you know, oh, I, yes, you will. I am very focused on the superhero movies. And, you know, I know like Ocean's 8 is coming out fairly soon, too, within the oh, next few oh. months. And I don't know if I'm anticipating that or if I'm just looking forward to seeing how it turns out because I want that movie to do well just because of what it represents and just having all of these great women in the film I feel like you could really have something good there or they could like totally butcher it so I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen with that but you know I'll probably wait for that first wave of reviews to come out and see if it's something I should spend time on yeah that one and there's another one called widows that are both like kind of similar movies coming out about like badass teams of women that are going out to wreck some shit that both look really Really, really interesting. I'm I'm excited for both of those movies. They both have like insanely good casts, I think. Um, aside from that, there's another X-Men movie coming out? Yeah, they have they have Dark Phoenix coming out in oh, November, oh. I believe. Oh no. <laughs> do you like the X-Men movies aside from like you were just talking about like the Wolverine one, but do you like all those ones that have happened? Those are movies that I definitely need to go back and rewatch. Like, I didn't even bother watching X-Men Apocalypse. And that's like one of the very few superhero movies I just haven't bothered with. But I think I liked some of the beginning ones. But like, I definitely remember liking X-Men First Class. And I think I think it just really depends because like, like I said, some of the standalone Wolverine movies that they did weren't super great. But I think there are bits and pieces of certain movies that are done really well. And it's like, you sort of want these things to do well. And then when they don't, it's like, "Mm, okay, well, if you took this part of this movie and this part of this movie and made something out of those two things, (laughs) you'd have something good here. But, you know, I think, I know it got pushed, so it's coming out later, but the new mutants, I think they're doing something unique with that movie that might make it stand out more than a lot of the other X-Men movies. And, Honestly, right now, I'm kind of enjoying The Gifted more than some of the X-Men movies I've watched. And that's a show on Fox, I believe. And it's sort of about the underground movement for the mutants. And they're evading the authorities. And, you know, these people are out for blood, basically, to get all of the mutants that they can. And they're being tested on. And I think that story is working a lot better than some of the storylines they've used in the X-Men movies. It's really funny. Uh, my my girlfriend absolutely can't stand Marvel movies, but she has liked all the X-Men movies. And she's like, yeah, I know they're bad, but <laughs> there's something about... She didn't even really like Black Panther that much. Oh, she's going to get mad if she makes it this far. Um, but she's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's something about like the team and they all have the same cause. And I'm like, but they're bad movies. But yeah, I, I just... That jumped out to me on this list. I guess Ready Player One will be something. Yeah, I'm undecided on how I feel about that. I bought the book for like a dollar recently, so I'll probably try and read that before I see the movie because I'm a nerd Mm -hmm. like that. But there's definitely these big blockbuster movies that will probably appeal to me once I know more about them because there's just been Mm -hmm. so much film and TV news lately. Like I started Mm -hmm. following Deadline and Variety and EW in my RSS feed, and it's just like a bombardment of news every single day and i'm just like 
Oh my goodness, I cannot keep up. Like right now, because it's March 1st when we're recording this, I'm like, Jessica Jones is in a week. That is what I'm focusing on and seeing Annihilation. Those are like the two big things for me right now. And Atlanta's coming back. I'm definitely probably way more of a TV person. And I think you already know this. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do too, because I don't know, like TV, you have so much more time and space to work with that you Mm -hmm. can sort of really flesh out certain ideas. And I think that's why Marvel's Netflix shows have mostly done well, I want to say. I know the seasons probably all could be shorter, but Jessica Jones season one was definitely top tier for the Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah, I hope that the second season is good. I don't know. After Defenders, man, it was I hated that show was such a slog for me. I I, I don't I hope they can bring it back somehow with this. I really do. And the funny thing is Defenders was the only shorter season. It was eight episodes, and then we had... I know, but it was like, oh, it's only eight episodes. We don't have to write anything. Just uh, make it about the, <laughs> in the Iron Fist, everyone's favorite guy. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that they're done with the hand storyline there because, you know, I don't know if you watched The Punisher or not, but that was definitely a very, very different show, too, because, you know, you didn't have Claire Temple popping up to connect The Punisher to everyone else. And obviously, he was introduced in Daredevil season two. So, you know, he knows these people, but it was really only Karen Page who mm-hmm. reappeared in The Punisher season. And, you know, thinking about it now, I have not ranked that in my Netflix rankings article that I did. So I should probably do that. It's been a while since it's been out. And then I'll have Jessica Jones to add soon now too for season two. Yeah, I'll definitely check out season two of Jessica Jones. The first one was was excellent. I love I, I don't know what they're gonna do without uh David Tennant because he's just a force whenever he's he was on that show. I'll tell you this. I have seen images from season two. And uh-huh. you should definitely watch it. That's all I'm gonna say. I won't give anything away okay. but they definitely they definitely introduce a lot of new people in season two from what I've seen in the images because I'm like downloading the images. I'm like, who are these people? And why is there a picture of just them? <laughs> like, so it's one of those things where the images don't really spoil anything. The ones that I received for like press and everything for hidden remote. But you you kind of get these glimpses of things and you're like, wait, what's going on here? And because it's just a still image, you're like, I can't really figure anything out. But yeah, they actually today they just dropped a behind the scenes video. It's like a little featurette. So I will send that to you and you can check that out. And by the time this is out, now that we are on a tangent and on to Netflix here, uh, definitely watch Jessica Jones season two because that will be out and everyone can enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah, I just binge watched it, man. It was so good. <laughs> Christian Ritter, what a force on screen. So good. So strong. Wow. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about 2017 and film, even though I'm still behind on it, Mitchell. And yes. you are always welcome to come back on so we can rant about some more movies here. So we'll, we'll have to plan this. You haven't been on in quite a while, so we'll have to get you on more often or something here. <sighs> Thanks. I'm glad you think that I am qualified to talk on the internet about anything. It's very, it's very humbling for me. I'm not entirely sure I'm qualified for it. So we're just going (laughs) to run with it. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good, friend. Awesome. Well, I'll talk to you later, Mitchell. And to all of our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.